Welcome to Pushing Forward with Alicia, a podcast that gives disability a voice. Each week, we will explore topics like confidence, ambition, resilience, and finding success against all odds. We are creating a collective community that believes that all things are possible for all people. Open hearts, clear paths, let's go. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia Anderson. Today we have Josh Basil. Josh is a C4, C5 quadriplegic. He is a trial attorney working in DC. He's a power chair user. He's a disability rights advocate. He is an inventor. He's a newly proud father within the last couple of years. He's doing some really amazing work, and I'm so excited to shine some light on some of the advocacy and amazing things that you've created uh, within your amazing life. Thank you for being here. We've worked together in the past with disability inclusion advocacy, accessibility. We've sat on a couple panels together. We've done some work. So thank you for being here. Alicia, it's great to be here. Thank you for having me on. and Just so excited to spend some time with your audience. Why don't we start with your story and let's look back a little bit. Can you share a little bit about your disability, whatever you're comfortable with, to kind of paint a picture of who you are as a beautiful human being that you are? My my life was flipped upside down as a teenager um, when I was 18 years old. Prior, prior to 18, sports were a big part of my life, uh, chasing girls, having fun. Uh, throwing a little education in the mix, you know, but I, I was able to finish my freshman year of college and I was playing college tennis at the time, loving life. And I went on a family vacation to the beach. Um, it was an annual vacation I did every summer for probably over a decade and uh, was in the ocean, turned my back to the waves and got distracted. My friends were playing football on the beach and a wave just picked me up, threw me over my boogie board just dropped me on my head. And that day I heard a loud crack and all of a sudden I was face down in the water, unable to turn myself or move anything, unable to scream for help um, and just kind of had to wait to, to hope that my friends would see me floating and they would pull me to shore. And luckily they did. Um, it was a start to a new life. Um, I was medevaced to a local hospital, then to a trauma unit, and was on a ventilator for four weeks, um, which took my ability to speak. And um, I could only communicate with kind of blinking my eyes, once for yes, two for no. And when I finally did regain my voice, that's really the day that I became an advocate for life. And I've made sure that every word from that moment on counted and I've been strengthening my ability to communicate and, and to advocate at the highest levels uh, to make change and break down barriers. And kind of that was, it's kind of crazy, but it was 19 years ago. So I had 18 years on my two feet and 19 years in my power wheels. And uh, I've, I've, been, I've been making the most of it for sure. You sure have. And for our audience that might not be familiar, can you paint a picture of what it is like to live a life with an injury that is C4, C5. What does that mean? So I am paralyzed below my shoulders. Um, so literally 
most every physical activity of daily living, I need help to complete. In the morning, whether it is to go to the bathroom, to get stretched, to get dressed, to brush my teeth, to make a meal, to eat a meal, I rely on caregivers and family members to help me tackle those kind of physical activities of daily living. Um, I like to say like, I'm very dependent on my caregivers, but I'm independent through my caregivers because I kind of become the brains of the operation where I get to be able to have independence of my day or control of my day on what I want to do, but my, my caregivers become my hands and my legs. Mm. And I do the same thing through technology. Like if you saw my home, like every single thing is, or so much of the technology in my home is controlled by my voice. Like I'm able to control my elevator, my fans, lights, any switch, TV, uh, my bed, I can raise and lower it. I can, I can do all my blinds. Uh, there's probably like 45, 50 devices in my house that I can just control with my, my voice or my phone, which is fun. Um, that's another thing. So I'm dependent on technology, but I'm independent through technology. Josh does a ton of videos and I love the videos that you put up about your life specifically and navigating technology and the freedoms that it does give you. It really is fascinating um, to kind of roll into your life from your perspective and see the amazing technologies that are out there now that are gifting independence to people with disabilities. Well, and, and just being a part of the paralysis world for the last 19 years, as technology evolves, independence evolves and opportunities evolve. So it's incredible where we were at 19 years ago. Like we didn't have an iPhone. We didn't have, we didn't have a lot of the things that we have today and it's been transforming our lives and everything is becoming a lot more available and a lot cheaper. It's just, it's just, it's an amazing world we live in. And then just the future is just going to get better and better and better with, with technology. And the key is just always to make sure people with disabilities within these companies and businesses have a seat at the table to make sure that they, they do it right from the beginning. Absolutely. 100%. And we are working in the space where we're constantly like, we keep, we need to do better. We need to do better. There's so much work to do, but I do think that that's a good call out as well to look at the beautiful things that, that we do have today, you know, now in 2024 that are so useful. I try to fill each morning and each evening with a moment of gratitude Mm. because the truth is that things can be worse. And there's so many little things in our lives that if we don't take a moment to focus on them or to appreciate them or be mindful of them, they kind of slip through the cracks. And it's, if you can find those little things to be grateful for, it's just, it just brings so much, you know, beauty to your day or your the ability to appreciate the little things and the, and the people that you, that you have with you today. And there was a moment about a year after my injury that transformed my life in the direction that I, that I go in mentally. And it was a, a, a guy that was the same age as me. He was in the same hospital room as me at, as an inpatient. And I went and I wheeled in to talk to him. 
And he ended up having a spinal cord injury from a car crash. Uh, during the critical unit stage, he ended up having a blood clot that went to his brain. So he had the same physical paralysis as me, but the blood clot ended up blinding him. So he's paralyzed and blind. And as a 19 year old teenager, it, it shook me to my core of like, all right, Josh, things could be worse. And it, it kind of said, all right, I'm gonna be grateful for every little thing I have, whether it's my eyes, my ears, my ability to taste, my ability to laugh, my ability to think, my ability to learn. There's a million little things that I could still do. Yes, there's probably a million things I couldn't do because of my paralysis, but by focusing on all the little things you could do, you could still tackle your day and tackle the world around you. You just might be doing it a little differently. Thank you for sharing that story. That puts some perspective for sure. You can really change the world around you and be a force for good. So that's, I really, from an advocacy standpoint, my education helped me take it to the next level. But then I also, living in the Washington DC area, I'm surrounded by so many powerful nonprofits. And, you know, being able to wheel down the street of Capitol Hill and meet with legislators and speak at hearings and push forward bills. I was very, it's, I had a kind of a perfect storm of different pieces of the puzzle to make me a, an advocate for life. When you were kind of going through the path of education, what made you choose being a lawyer? It was a mentor. Mm. So I'm a big believer that I will always be a mentor and a mentee for life. So I'm a mentee because I'm never going to stop learning. And I'm a mentor because I never want to stop giving. And there's been so many people along the way that have helped me get to where I need to go. Like it's, there's zero chance I would have been able to do what I do today without having the people in my life, the mentors, the, the, the different um, people that have opened doors for me, different bosses, different, you name it. I've had some incredible people in my life that have allowed me to get to that next page, that next chapter, and to build out the story and the journey that I've been on. I love it. And in my mind, I just keep thinking of the thing that we hear a lot in the work that we do, which is representation matters. And to be a disabled person advocating for rolling into courtrooms and fighting for people who have had catastrophic injuries, personal injuries, advocating for legislation to advance our rights. And to do that as a man with a disability, I just think that is absolutely incredible. And it, it, the experience that we, that I'm able to help our clients be on, because so let's say, so as a medical malpractice and catastrophic injury attorney, if you've been injured and you bring a lawsuit, it can take anywhere from two to five years to litigate, which is a long time. It opens up uh, past traumas. It's, there's so many things that make it a difficult journey to pursue litigation. But if you have a lawyer that's by your side during that time, that lives it, gets it, that can be an advocate for you both inside the courtroom and outside the courtroom, I love advocating for my clients within government programs 
navigating everything they need to be able to live independently at home and have access to the world around them. And to be a part of that, it's just, I know it's, it's always been very special to me to be able to give back early home in people's journeys. This is a perfect time to take a quick break. You are listening to Pushing Forward with Alicia and we will be right back. We talk a lot on the show about ableism and inclusion. If you want to learn more, I invite you to listen to my TEDx talk, Disabling Ableism, the Modern Pathway to Inclusion. You can watch the whole speech on aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A Anderson with an O.com. Click on speaking. Welcome back to Pushing Forward with Alicia. I'm Alicia Anderson. Today we have Josh Basil. Josh is a C4, C5 quadriplegic. He is a trial attorney working in DC. I know you do a lot of philanthropy work and you work with a lot of organizations. Do you want to share a little bit about some of that so our listeners are aware of some of the programs and and resources out there. I'd love for people to visit spinalpedia.com. It's a it's a video mentoring website um, that I created back in 2007 um, so that anybody with any wheelchair user could be able to find people, find stories, find mentors to show them what's possible. Um, another, I'm a, I've been a board member for, for the last seven years of the United Spinal Association, which is the largest uh, nonprofit in the country serving people with spinal cord injuries and spinal cord injury disorders. And um, it's just an amazing organization. I would love for anybody that is really a wheelchair user or spinal cord injury to go to United Spinal's website to sign up um, to be a part of the association. It's it's a, there's almost over 50 chapters across the country with tens of thousands of advocates on the ground, like it, and members. It's, it's, we, the, the organization represents 5.5 million wheelchair users. So it's the work that United Spinal is doing is incredible. And they've got such a beautiful team. Um, another is Help Hope Live. Yep. We talked a lot about kind of navigating kind of benefits and things of that nature, but Help Hope Live is an organization out of Pennsylvania, but they, they're they a national nonprofit and they do medical fundraising. So one of the toughest parts of, of having a spinal cord injury and doing what the benefits is being able to, to, to be able to purchase things or to save enough to be able to be able to buy the things in your life that you need. But what Help Hope Live does is then an individual can create a campaign where then friends and family members can donate to the nonprofit. And then the nonprofit purchases the different things that are medically needy, whether it's assistive technology, renovations to homes, um, uh, vehicles, vehicle modifications, you name it. The, there's so many things that this campaign can do to be able to then contribute to you. And it doesn't because it's a layer of separation through the nonprofit, it doesn't impact your benefits. I have my own campaign. It's, it's, um, and I know hundreds of hundreds of families across the country that it's been a game changer for them to be able to raise dollars. And their family members and friends, when they donate, get a tax deduction. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a win across win-win across the board. Can we shift? Yeah. Can you talk about becoming a dad? Sure. Yeah. Um, after my injury, or even before my injury, I've I've always dreamed of being a dad. Like I guess as just through my mentoring, I've always wanted to give back. I've wanted to be a coach for life. I wanted to have a have a little person in my life that I could I could have great influence on. And um, but uh, so for me, it's just a matter of finding the right partner to start. So getting out in the dating world, um, I did a lot of the the online dating apps and had my fun with it. had had a lot of dates and was continually searching and searching and searching for the right person. And then I found Katie and um, fell in love. And um, when we were ready to start a family, Katie, I I got very lucky coming into the relationship with Katie because she um, was recently divorced. She had a beautiful daughter and to be able to come in like right away, I kind of was a dad um, Mm -hmm. of sort when we, we first moved in and having my, my daughter being a part of my life. And then when we were ready to try it, try it again ourselves, we, we ended up, we tried unsuccessfully. And then we ended up, Katie started in vitro fertilization process. And we went down that road. And uh, luckily we had a success on the first try, which is not always what happens for people that are going down that road. Um, and our, our son called her was born about two years ago. Um, and, uh, it was just, um, there was so much going through my mind of like, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do during the early days before Calder came, uh, into our life? So that's when I like, I reached out to other quad fathers. Um, I wanted to find mentors. I wanted to be that mentee where I could learn from others. And how they did it. Um, so I just started talking with all these different quad fathers to get ideas on what worked, what didn't work, lessons learned. And um, also where I saw barriers, I wanted to come up with solutions. So I wanted to be able to have uh, the baby closer to me near my face without having to always have somebody hold on to the baby for me. So I ended up reaching out to Johns Hopkins students in their engineering department. And they built a baby wheelchair mount carrier to my power wheelchair. So the baby could be right near my face. So there's there's a lot of little things, but becoming a dad has been a dream. And it's been it's been one of those things that it, ta- it takes a village, like especially as a quad, as a quad father. Um, physically, there's so many things I, I, I cannot do, but uh, mentally, there's so many things that I do contribute to every single day. Um, and it's just figuring those things out. And truly being a quad dad is really about being the best partner possible to, to who, you're, who you're doing this with. Um, so with Katie, giving back to her, every chance I get through, the, through, the, through these early days of parenthood has been my, my, best, my best contributions. And Calder's finally this year, Took his first steps, been doing his first words. Three days ago, he had his first day of preschool. Um, and it's just, there's so many firsts, but as, as Calder's been getting older, there's so many more things we can do together. In the, in the, in the early days, 
uh, it was really about figuring out those touch points. How am I going to be, I can't hold Calder. So how am I going to find ways to position him in front of me or have different clothing apparatus so that he could be on my chest and he can smell me, he could hear my heartbeat um, or different ways where I, I can have him in my lap without him falling off with different strap systems. So there's been a lot of different things that we've brought to the table, but it's allowed me to be a dad. And it's, you know, it's, it's different than most dads, but it's, it's, it's still so beautiful and so many fun and beautiful memories we've had. And just, I'm so, so looking for so many more. That's what life's about. Like what you all are exuding is bright and light and love and joy is what it looks like from an outsider looking in. And I'm congratulations on all of that. It's um, it's a lot of work. It, it takes a team to, to, to be a quad, to be a quad father, to be a quad partner. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, there's different people in our lives, whether it's our caregivers, our family members, our friends, our neighbors. We, we would not be able to do it alone. And I, I just want to be able to um, say that out loud and be able to be so grateful to have those people in my life. And um, but yeah, and it's just like even even this morning, like so in the mornings when Calder wakes up, like I hear him running down the hallway saying da 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 da, Aww. and he comes through the door. And then when I'm after finishing my morning program, which can take a few hours of going. Um, I've gone to the bathroom, doing stretching, getting dressed, eating breakfast. I'm ready to go from my bed to my chair. And Calder's favorite thing in the world is to get me in a sling to control my lift system. He has the buttons and he pulls the lift system and he puts me in my chair and then brings it down. And he's like, it's like his, he looks forward to doing that more than anything. And he's just such a big little helper. And it's just... Oh my God. I love the kids so much. I think that's a great place to wrap up. I mean, what a beautiful story. We wrap up with the pushing forward moment and ask you if there's any little motto or something that you can share with our listeners to give them a little inspiration, a pushing forward moment. Absolutely. Um, Before my injury, I did things 1 million ways. After my injury, I now get to do it 1 million new. 1 million diff- different ways. And different can still be fun, different can still be beautiful. It's just a matter of having the right creativity and willingness to try. Mm. So get out there, have fun, experience the world around you, find out what you wanna do, what you don't wanna do, because it's all learning moments. And there's just so many, be- there's so much beauty to experience in the world if you're willing to get out there and experience it. I love you. I love you. I don't know how I was so lucky that our paths have crossed, but I'm so grateful for it. This was really nice to connect again. And there's so much more we're going to do together. Thank you. And thank you so much to our listeners for being part of this Pushing Forward community. I'm grateful for you. This has been Pushing Forward with Alicia, and that is how Josh and I roll. We'll see you next time. If you're an employer who would like to learn more about disability inclusion in the workplace, lessons on ableism, and how accessibility can drive innovation in your company, please check out my micro training series at aliciaanderson.com. That's A-L-Y-C-I-A 
Anderson with an O.com. Click on micro learning.